0: Hi folks, my name is Kevin Dunn, and welcome to Agency Unfiltered, a biweekly web series and podcast that interviews agency owners around agency operations, growth, and scale. Nobody knows how to scale agencies better than those that are already doing it, and they're happy to share an unfiltered look into what has worked and what hasn't. Joining us today, Alexandria Hart, the founder of Austin, Texas-based agency Good Juju. We talk scope creep, what it is, how to avoid it, How to course correct an engagement when it happens, and how to turn it into an opportunity for an extended SOW. Get better at saying no starting today by listening to Agency Unfiltered. Let's go! Alex, hello. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Yes, we're very excited to get into this topic specifically. I think Scope creep is a pain many, if not all agencies, feel, experience, struggle with. Uh, and so I'm very interested to hear what you have to say on the topic. Um, maybe the best place to start, um, how would you define scope creep? It's something we all talk about. For sure. But what is the? Well, how would you actually define scope creep?
1: Yeah, I mean, anything that's out of bounds, right? Like if you have mastered the art of the scope of work as an agency, uh, freelancer, provider, whatever it is that you're doing, things should be very detailed and very clear as far as what's provided. So scope creep is when there is an assumption made on behalf of the other party Mm. that something's included when it hasn't been previously discussed or outlined. Someone can come to you and say like, hey, we need this thing. We'd like to talk to you about providing it. I realize these are additional services and start a BD conversation. Mm -hmm. Scope creep is when you're just like, Assuming it's going to happen, even though it's not in writing (laughs) or out in the ether anywhere. Mm -hmm.
0: So I think it comes down to your point, statement of work. And if it's in there, it's not scope creep. If it's outside of there, it's either a biz dev conversation or it's official. It's scope creep.
1: Yeah, you're out of bounds. Out out of bounds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, would you say that scope creep is one size fits all, or are there different types of scope creep that you've experienced? Are there distinctions? Like what are all the different shapes and sizes of scope creep that you've seen?
1: Yeah, so many, right? You, there, it depends on like the, your client persona and the personality type of who you're dealing with. Hmm. Um, We have clients that can get easily distracted, see kind of a shiny thing. It's kind of like a kid in a museum and you (laughs) have to divert their attention to what isn't breakable or what is most important. Um, So I definitely think there's that. It can also be a symptom of them not feeling supported in a particular area, whether it was us that's supposed to provide it or someone internal, another agency. Um, So there's a lot of opportunity if that happens to be the case, Mm. to say like, hey, what's really going on here and kind of like unsurface that. Um, And then there are people who I think make a practice of it and get away with it and you Mm. kinda gotta like be firm and shut it down quickly so it doesn't become a reoccurring issue
0: yeah yeah no it makes sense and i think we'll get to you you said shutting it down we'll get to that in a second but before we actually get to the practice of shutting down scope creep like what have you seen as like the biggest ramifications like if this isn't a problem that you prioritize and aim to solve like what do you think it'll hurt most at the agency
1: yeah um well it can hurt your relationship obviously right like you At the end of the day, as mushy as this is, everybody just wants to feel seen and heard. So if scope creep is a symptom, again, of like your client not feeling supported in a particular area, you obviously want to have that conversation. Um, Shutting it down has to be done in a very strategic way so that, you know, potentially if they need additional services in the future, they're still willing to come to you Mm. and not just oh, Alex and Gajuju aren't willing to do anything else to help us. Like, that no, was pretty bad. Not Yeah,
0: but that's not always the case, right? Because right? you mentioned there's scope creep, but then there's a potential business development conversation. How do you yeah. make that distinction between the two?
1: Yeah, honestly, it, it varies a lot client to client.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, and some of it, I think, has a lot to do with time that you've been collaborating. Uh, and we have minimum contract agreements. I think most, just about every agency mm-hmm. does and for the purpose of being able to identify those gaps and establish a good working relationship. So if we've been working with someone for a month and their scope creeping, I think either we need to, you know, like redefine the scope or really like set boundaries in the relationship. Hmm. If we've been working with them for 6 months doing the same thing, then like, you know, maybe it is time to kind of expand and Go a little crazy with it.
0: <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, I think it's yeah. okay. Let's set the, the right guardrails for an early relationship yeah. versus, oh, we've been partnering together for a handful of months. Like, we'll, we'll a, a longer leash, so to speak, because yeah. we want to drive that additional value for you.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. Time to establish the relationship, understand how people work is really, really important.
0: Yeah. And also, probably if there's uh, foresight, well, actually, if we uh, allow this scope creep, then there's going to be additional service expansion or some revenue opportunities as well, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, there's a case for letting it happen. Sometimes hmm. I'll just let it happen strategically because there are people that you want that relationship to evolve and really own more. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, let me ask you this. Do you have any examples? Like what's the worst scope creep that you sh- shamefully or not shamefully allowed that maybe <laughs> you wish you had? What was like the worst scope creep that you just were like, okay, we'll do that.
1: Oh man. You know, there actually, Quite a few, like to be perfectly honest. I think the thing that we get asked for, the most common scope creep, maybe Mm. not the worst, is just creation of assets. Like we, you know, have design capabilities in house, but we are not a quote unquote design agency. We're a growth agency. So when someone wants like, you know, Instagram story assets, (laughs) we will make them for you, but on a very limited basis um and only if it's in combination with an actual campaign that we're measuring and like it can be a part of a cohesive mm-hmm. effort um we're not just making random images for your gram <laughs> um, so that's unrelated
0: like, to anything right exactly. just a one-off over here yeah
1: yeah yeah so that is um that's the most common scope creep. Mm. I don't know that it's the worst though, yeah. yeah.
0: How about when you mentioned like design assets or creative assets, when do like revisions play a part? Maybe it's something that's already scoped out as part of a campaign, but do you ever run into issues with additional rounds of revisions or time it takes to, to yeah. get approval?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's written very, very clearly in the contracts that we do as well. Mm. Um, and it's actually something that I will like highlight multiple times during the closing process. It's like, hey, I want you to understand that this is also included, but there's a limit to you know how many iterations we can produce. Um, and you know what? I have to say that our clients are largely pretty respectful of that. And if they tend to be the type that aren't respectful of that, then they're also probably not respectful of other things, which makes them not a good fit for mm-hmm. us anyways. Yeah, sure. Um, that's something very basic that I feel like Most people understand you don't need to go, like, 18th. Over
0: and over again for these minute, yeah.
1: Yeah, let me get you that 18th revision.
0: (laughs) But to your point, people seem to be okay with that expectation if it's so clearly communicated at the front.
1: Yeah, you have to be super clear in the very beginning. (laughs) Um... Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense. Yeah. Um, We talked about, uh, what was it, standing firm or holding firm. So how do you navigate that pushback or how do you say no to Scope Creep? Like what's that conversation look like uh, as to not hurt the relationship or or prevent maybe uh, biz dev opportunities in the future? So how do you navigate that conversation?
1: Yeah, yeah. I approach it very much like a discovery call. Um, So, hey, we received this inquiry Um, You know, tell me more about the actual goal here. Again, making sure that it's not busy work, making sure it's not taking away the focus from something that we're strategically testing. Jumping ahead of testing Mm. can be um, like a common scope creep. Like, yes, we will do this, but it's stage three and you know, we kicked off yesterday. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So yeah, I approach it as discovery. uh, Try to find out what the actual goal is they can't tell you a goal that's a good indicator yeah. that uh, it's not it's not fully baked even if it could be cool and strategic it's not there yet um, and so then yeah it's just a collaboration in terms of prioritizing it if there's no goal I'm probably not gonna do it
0: <laughs> yeah I mean that's yeah. the, the easiest question right off the front just what's the goal on this yeah. and based on their Articulation of the said goal, like yeah. that'll determine if it's in the inbounds or out of bounds.
1: I will say that occasionally, sometimes the goal is just to make the client feel better, right? Like, for example, we do very in depth monthly look back reports, um, and clients will occasionally want those before like the attribution windows close for ads or mm. just before it's time. Um, and we'll occasionally, you know, provide those ahead of schedule, even though the data is not fully baked. Um, cause there's usually something going on internally. That person has to answer to the CEO and we want to like facilitate that and make their lives easier. So. You don't want to
0: get in the way in those type of instances. No, right? yeah.
1: no. I don't want someone to go into a meeting and say, Oh, I don't have the data. Cause Alex didn't give it to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I'm going to pass on that.
0: <laughs> How hard is it to instill that sort of talk track? Like, okay, approach Scope Creek as a discovery, ask for goals. How hard is that to like synthesize across the team? Train up the team to be able to have those conversations as well.
1: Um, it's actually fun, I think, because they particularly enjoy all of our um, all of our employees and all of our contractors even have a copy of the scope that they're working on. Uh, I find that very important, having worked at agencies in the past where I didn't exactly know what all was included. If a client asked for something, I wasn't sure how to respond. Mm. Um, And I think that the team enjoys having that level of knowledge because it empowers them to say like, oh, hey, yeah, you know, that isn't really on the roadmap, but let's have a discussion. Um, And it also keeps them from doing work that's not strategic, and my team hates doing work that is just not strategic, that is just not strategic.
0: Checks out. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You alluded to this earlier as well, right? But sometimes you'll allow scope creep if there's like an opportunity, right? Um, Do you have any particular examples where you stretched out, allowed the scope creep, and then you saw uh, yield, obviously, positive benefits, new revenue, additional services for a client?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Our biggest client, and they've been a client for several years, they kind of got to this place where they've gotten so big, they're you know, hiring very aggressively and hiring for a retention marketing manager role. And so we kind of stepped in to be you know, interim. Um, and we do that often actually. I will set up like a scope where we integrate HubSpot and you know, we set up all the campaigns and the integrations and automations and then um, train someone to kind of take it over, mm-hmm. pass the torch. Um, but in this instance, I was like, okay, they're hiring, step in, and just crush it mm. to the point that they didn't end up hiring that role. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and we were able to, it's because I saw opportunity, again, it was a longstanding relationship, so I kind of see the opportunity gaps. They have excellent content, and we just started churning out those content emails. But long term, you know, this was almost a year ago now, I mean their email marketing revenue has doubled. That's wild. Great content will do wonders, but like yeah. you gotta get it in front of people. Yeah, yeah right, yeah, yeah. of course. Um, so I'm, I'm quite proud of that one. They're that's one great. of my favorite clients. That's awesome. I don't have favorites, I like. Right, they're all equally <laughs> your favorite,
0: that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's just say I'm an agency, and I'm very guilty uh, of allowing scope creep, right? So far, I feel like I've had a couple tips, right? I have a, I have a really buttoned up uh, statement of work, right? Clear-cut expectations around revisions, amount of revisions, etc. Be comfortable saying uh, or asking, you know, what are your goals? Uh, treat uh, scope creep like discovery. Are there any other tips that you would instill if I want to change the way I handle scope creep today?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, two that I can think of is one: this is a great opportunity, right? Like. People do this, people kind of push your buttons in life, and business, whatever. And you have to learn how to respond appropriately, particularly if you want to work with enterprise level clients, like mm. if you want to be great at business development. And so rather than thinking about it as an annoyance, thinking about it instead as an opportunity, um, like I feel pretty good saying I'm good at this now. Mm. Um, not the case a few years ago. <laughs> so reframing that I think is really beneficial also if you have to, and again, not that you have to, should you choose to rewrite the damn scope of work. Yeah. Like rewrite it for more money or perhaps less money, but maybe it's more strategic for the client. It's less work for you and everybody's happy. Um, I, I think that there are very clever ways of turning this all around and making it a great thing.
0: How many scope creep requests or like how many or what percentage uh, end up turning into like quotes or proposals? Like, you know, obviously we've asked, you know, what the goal is, but what would you say the percentage is? Like, let me turn around a quote for that service.
1: Yeah, almost half and half. Hmm. Um, I say I shut down about half um, for whatever reason. It's too soon. We're already like testing this other thing heavily or it's just not that great of an idea. (laughs) Um, about half of them turn into some sort of addition and extension to the original scope.
0: And then out of that 50%, how much actually close as like, okay, they, they agree to the statement.
1: Probably an additional half. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say like a quarter, 20%, 20, 30%. Mm. Um, just the ones I'm thinking of recently.
0: Mm. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, final question for you not necessarily related to scope creep, Mm -hmm. uh, but it is a question I ask every guest. Okay. Um, I definitely didn't prepare you for this.
1: Is it related to Harry Potter? It can be,
0: and maybe it is, maybe it is. Yeah, we need a good butterbeer. We were talking about that. Yes. Um, What is the strangest part of agency life?
1: Ooh. You know, I think that like the wearing multiple hat things is a common like, topic discussed in startup life, but what nobody tells you is that agency life, there are days when I'm literally in my pajamas, I forgot to brush my teeth, <laughs> it's 1pm, I'm walking around, I'm on a call with chief executives of, you know, a multi-million dollar company, and like my dog just, you know, peed <laughs> on the floor, like, it's so very messy. <laughs> and so, so so very messy but so satisfying Mm -hmm. because it feels nice that you can both be a human be messy have your own stuff and really excel at what you're good at um i think and for us in particular with remote work i think that's something that my team experiences um is that we're just allowed to be human and still Really successful. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great answer. Thank you. I uh, don't know that it was a proper answer, but I, I tried. Thought, yeah.
0: You, so, yeah, I thought that was perfect. Um, maybe actually one bonus question in regards yeah. to Harry Potter, because you oh said you're God, a big please. Harry Potter fan. What? Let me stretch. What um, house are you?
1: Gryffindor. Gryffindor. Yeah.
0: Now, uh, why would I even ask? Of what course. What house are you? Gryffindor. <laughs> Got it. Found it. All right. That's it for Agency Unfiltered. Thanks, everybody. We will catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Agency Unfiltered. If you like what you saw, heard, or read, make sure to subscribe to our playlist on YouTube, our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or our newsletter on agencyunfiltered.com. Alongside episode launch notifications, the newsletter also comes with a ton of other helpful, strategically curated agency content from yours truly. And if you wanna keep the conversation going or provide a counterpoint to this episode's discussion, tweet me at at Kevin underscore Dunn. I'll see you again in two weeks, but in the meantime, keep it unfiltered and let's all grow.